Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. What I need us to understand is, is there are times when we're, we're in a battle in our lives to where it's not just some small skirmish. It's not something little. It's, it's, it's beyond even a medium issue or a heart issue. This is when you are overwhelmed. You are totally, completely in, in a place of exhaustion or you're, you're moving in that direction to where you're like going, I, don't, I have no answers. I don't have no other, I don't know what to do. I am, I'm in a position of, of no hope. I don't understand this. I don't know what. I don't know why. I don't know how come. I need help. I need help. And I'm sure all of us at one time in our lives, and, men, and some of you, you've been through it a few times, but you've been in a position where you've been in this place where you feel like, I, I, I don't know what to do. Now, I I want you to be honest with yourself and not be that person that tries to convince everyone that you've never been in that type of issue because even Jesus was. And then that usually per, you know, perks people up to go, okay, I, I've been in them, and actually I've been to more than one, but I didn't want to say so because I'm faith man. I'm faith woman. And that's what, that's what the religious believer does is they assume that if they show any weakness, they show any area in their lives that aren't, quote, defined as spiritual, they believe that they will be judged bad. And I, and I understand that because I've been in church a long time, and that's usually how church works. We present ourselves as these super spiritual beings. We're nowhere near perfect. We make mistakes, and all of a sudden, our you know, picture of ourself is now deflated. And if someone sees it, it's hard to pump it back up. And so we lose that spirituality. You know what that really is? We lose the power influence over Christians that don't know the Bible. Because when you know the Bible, you know, man, you might act all spiritual, but you ain't all that. Jesus is, but you ain't all that. In other words, you know, get off your high horse and let's get going on this thing together. And if you fall, I'll be man or woman enough to help pick you up. But let's keep moving and not, you know, give this false picture of I'm so spiritual, so holy that my life is in the third heaven all the time. And, and it, it's a sad connotation of the church. And what we want to do is we want to be real. And that is, is, yeah, there are times when I'm in a battle now. Uh, don't get me wrong, you, you could be in this overwhelmed state and still be in faith, and I'll show that. But there are many times when you're overwhelmed, it's because a, a, a lot of you have let go of the faith and understand what I'm saying, and I will show you in Scripture, that is not you got rid of it, it's tied to what you're believing now. And so your belief is changed from a, a position of strength to a position of weakness. But we've all been there. All of us, every one of us have been in that position. And so what we need to do is we need to have the Bible help us. Because I believe, you know, there are some people, you're in an overwhelmed state. You, you, you know, you, you've got bad news. You've got an evil report. There's, there's things in your life where you're, you're, you're at the, the last end of this. And you're like going, what? 
What do I do? What do I do? And I've been there. And it's not a happy place. We all have been there. It's not a fun place. It's not a place where, you know, we can get over it right away. It's something that I believe that we get the right answers. We're going to have the ability to get through it. Get through it and not only get through the fire, but not smell like we've been burnt through the fire. But to get some victory in our lives to where, you, listen, we can't be like the world. When the world gets overwhelmed, they're crippled for years. And I understand. I understand there are times when people, you know, I, I've seen it over and over and over. Christians go through something and five, ten years later, they still act like they're going through the same thing. That ought not to be so, my brothers and sisters. That ought not to be so. We have to have a difference in our lives. But it's only because we're lacking in information. We're lacking in knowledge. So here's what the word says. We're going to look at what's overwhelmed in the Bible. When it's used, listen when it's used. These are the majority of every time it's used. First of all, it's used in the flood. The flood overwhelmed the earth. So right there you can see when it's using the word overwhelmed, it's a big thing, right? It's used on the area of Enemies, overwhelmed by enemies, overwhelmed by fear, overwhelmed by guilt, overwhelmed by evil, overwhelmed by problems, overwhelmed by cares, overwhelmed by sorrow, overwhelmed by emotions, overwhelmed, flooded over, cannot contain it. And that's what it shows in scripture, that all these things are overwhelming people. And what we have to do is we have to look at this correctly and say, okay, this is, this is being shown in the Bible. It's being shown in this book that is transforming my life. I need to pay attention to it, recognize it's there. Now, what about me? And that's when we look at the word. Look at Jesus in Matthew 26, verse 38. And Jesus said to them, now, Peter, James, and John are with Jesus in Gethsemane. This is before he's going to go to the, the cross, right before. He said, Peter, James, John, I need you to pray with me. Can you imagine being with Jesus? And he looks at you and says, I need you to pray with me. Now, you, you know these guys just because we got the story. And we're looking at Peter, James, and John. You're going, is there anyone else? I mean, even out of the 12, you're like going, what, are we going to pick Judas? It's, it's where you're like going, there's got to be someone better. But see, these guys walked with him, were chosen by him. And now he's bringing them with him and asking them, you guys hang in with me. Unite with me right now. I need you. Jesus is saying that. Now, that, that, that just brings us to the place of, okay, what's going on here? How, to get to a place where you're saying, guys, I need you. I need you to watch. I need you to unite with me in this time. I'm going to pray. I need help. I need help in this. He says, my soul is overwhelmed. He tells them. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. 
Can you imagine that? Now, I don't know about you, but here we are. We're looking at Jesus and saying, you know, help me, fix me, take care of this. And all of a sudden now Jesus is going to those three and saying, I'm, I'm so overwhelmed with this grief and this heaviness over my life that I literally am in a position where I'm in the next stage is death as far as where my body is, as far as where my mind is, in this position where it is so heavy, so powerful of a force working against me right now that I, I don't, I, I, I need you to stand watch with me. This is Jesus. Tell, I'm telling you, he's not going, hey guys, you know, I, I'm a little issue in, in, in my emotions right now. And, you know, if you don't mind, you know, you can hang there and maybe say a few words to God, you know, while I go over here and I talk to him a little. That's not what's going on. What's going on is Jesus is literally in a position where he says, my soul is overwhelmed. So he's talking to them, not with this carefree attitude, not with a nonchalant attitude. He's given emotion in this time, saying, I, I, this is how bad it is. And what I'm dealing with right now, this is how bad it is. They have never seen him this way. Never. Now think about this. Allow the word of God to do what it's supposed to do. Pay attention to the story. Pay attention. Don't pay attention to the information. Pay attention to the story. We, 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 we tend to want to do the, you know, give me the equation, I'll figure it out. I want the story to the equation because that's how we're going to get it. Remember, Jesus would communicate to them. He'd give them a spiritual insight, and then he'd go, ah, no, I need to dumb it down. And then he'd go, okay, a farmer sows seed. And then they're like, oh, 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 farmer seed, all right, I got it. Exactly. And that's what Jesus does. He wants us to go, oh, God's it, I get it. And so here he is explaining to them that I'm in this deep, deep, deep heaviness, and I need you to stay here and keep watch. When he says at the point of death, he literally is extreme sorrow and agony. Is that crazy, people? Yeah. We've been through some stuff, and some of you have been through this heaviness. Now, to that level, I don't think so. But emotionally, it's been rough. It's a tough time. When you're going through something, you don't have an answer. You don't have that support. When everybody around you is going, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a clue. Hope you make it, though. It's when you're in the hospital and all the doctors are shaking their head no and you've got all these loved ones around you and they literally don't have an answer either. What do you do? What do we do? Because see, what we're trying to do is we're trying to think there's, it, I, it's got to be someone. There's got to be someone. But the truth of the matter is, is you are that one. You are that one. Just as Jesus was that one. Why? Because He's communicating this. But you know what they do when he walks away to start going into this power talk with his father? They go to sleep. 
And I believe that's what people do. They go to sleep because they don't have an answer for you. Emotionally, they want to say emotional things. But when it comes down to belief, when it comes down to truly, truly believing, there's not very many people. Now, again, we're, we're seeing a picture of those that are outside of that born-again experience and God in us. And I believe we have a greater ability to be engaged with that person in a position of belief and faith that's unwavering. I know that for a fact. For a fact. You know why I know that? Because I'm that way. And when I engage with someone in an area that they're dealing with, that's, that's you know, in an in a extreme position, I don't speak religious prayers. I don't talk religious. I come in agreement. And when I say, I stand in faith with you, I'm in faith with you. I agree with you, 100%. It's not negotiable with me. Now, where I'm at in my walk, that's, this is what it is. Now, there has been times when I go, yeah, I pray with you, brother. I'll pray with you. And maybe a couple days later going, man, <laughs> they ain't going to make it. But the place where I'm at now, that's not a part of my life. Not at all. Now, does everybody experience that, that, that prayer, prayer, that faith they're standing at? Not everybody. But you know what? It doesn't change what I expect. So that's in each one of you, each and every one of you. Because it isn't me that has the ability to be that strong. It's my belief in what is in me that is that strong. The belief that is what is in me that is that strong. And that's when we engage into a whole different level because we're putting aside us and we're getting connected to what the Bible talks about concerning us. And that's how we're going to win when we're overwhelmed. That's how we're going to win. That's how we're going to be able to win the victory. Jesus says, stay here and keep watch with me. He goes a little farther. He falls on his face to the ground and he prays, Father, if it is possible, can you take this cup from me? Is there, is there another direction, another avenue that probably, you know, I, I don't see right now? Is there something else? Jesus is being crystal clear and truthful to his father. His human emotions are communicating exactly what we, we would want to do. There's got to be another way. This, this is not a, I don't like this way. This is not, I don't like this way. That's what we would say. He communicates in this way. Father, if it's possible, is there another way? But not my will. It, there wasn't this, you know, an hour later. All right, God, okay, I'll do it. It was, he's already engaged. But because of emotion, people, listen to what I just said. He said, his grief and sorrow is to death. This, Jesus was never in this position before. He's battled the devil. He's battled enemies. He's battled religion. He's even battled his own disciples. But right now, he's at a position where he's battling an emotion that he sees where it's going. 
But see, there's a greater picture, and that's what I need us to understand. Because the greater picture, if you can engage in the will, what is the will of the Father? Oh, I'm going through a storm. What is the will of the Father? What is the will of the Father? What is the will of the Father? And Jesus says, not my will, not my will. Get out of the way, get out of the way, motion. Get out of the way, not my will, your will be done. And that's what he did his whole life. Your will, your will. Don't think it comes from me, it comes from my Father. What I speak, what I say comes from the Father. What I do comes from the Father. He's been walking this, talking this life and saying, not my will, your will be done. That gave him the ability to get through this time when he's overwhelmed because I don't see him being overwhelmed anymore. I see him in a position of total awe in a place where he can't believe what he's experiencing. And that's when the sin and the curse came in his life and the father left him. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The whole time to the cross, even during the cross, he's saying, Father, Father, forgive them. Father, the moment your sin, their sin, our sins, my sin, the curse of this world went upon him, it became not Father anymore. It became God that's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's a big deal. But what we see here is Jesus getting to this place where he says, you know what? This is what's going on in my heart right now. I'm expressing my true feelings. Is there any other way? But not my will, your will. You see, that's an example we need to follow. Because a lot of times we're overwhelmed, and most of the time, let's say, is we're looking for our will. And our will can't, it can't cope with the issue because we're already overwhelmed. Our will has is, 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 is been weakened. Our will has been, it, it's, it's been compromised. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard place. But through that, through that, that, that emotion that's just dropping you, there is an ability to rise up in the midst of this storm and to say, your will be done. The problem of saying that is, is most believers don't know his will. We want you to know. Since we began this church from nursery on, know this or not, and hopefully you know this, we have been ministering from babies on up to know his will. You, we, can't, we, can, we can be found guilty for showing people the will of God. But we cannot be found guilty for not showing it. We've been doing it. And we'll continue to do it. 
It's up to you to get hold of what we're saying. We, I want you to know. I want you to know that you know that you know. No second guess. You're going through a tough time and, and maybe you can't find anyone that can stand in faith with you at this point. And you're like going, what do I do? What do I do? And you, and you look to the Father and say, you know what? Your will. I know what your will is, Father. You said by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I, your will be done in my life. Your will be done. I, the doctor can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. You know, Aunt Bertha can't figure it out. We, I mean, but your will be done. Your will be done. That'll give you some strength. Jesus is the answer, people. I like it where it says that, you know, it's got, you got the storm, the background, and the I need help. And that's a, an area where most people don't understand saying I need help is not a, a, a point of weakness. No, no, don't get me wrong. It's, it's what majority of the super spiritual believe is weak. You're, you're a man or woman of faith. You can't ask for help. It means you lower yourself down from that spiritual walk you have. No, I mean, literally, I know, I've known people for years that act that way. It, it's a front because, again, it, it's identity issues. It, it's, it's an area that I, I won't feel as important if I'm not more spiritual than you. I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. And it's an ugly look. But the truth of the matter is, is Jesus said, guys, I need your help. What do you think about Peter, James, and John? I, I mean, from what I read about them until after, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were losers. You know, before this, they're arguing who's going to be the best in the kingdom. Who's going to be number one in heaven? No, I'm telling you, they were, they were literally messed up guys. Messed up. But the point of the matter is, is Jesus is still operating at a level that we look at and go, I, I need to be like him. I need to be like him. He won. He won. And he still turned to them and said, I need your help, guys. And they fell asleep. But see, these are, these are the examples and the information that I believe can transform your life. The reason why is because we, we miss this, the powerful points. You might be thinking, well, gosh, they, they fell asleep. Well, you don't think Jesus knew they would? I think he knew they would. Then why did he call upon them? Exactly. Exactly. That's the question that you must answer because he's looking to a lot of you that you sleep a lot on the job in this faith and he's still calling on you and he'll keep calling on you so see you can't stand up and go well because I'm loser number one and loser number two and and I give you 20 points of why I can't be used by God and I can I can share with you the realities that I am the number one you know bad person on planet. You can go through that whole process and he's still going to turn to you and say, hey, I need your help. So you don't have, you don't have 
anything to where God's going to go, whoops, my bad. I shouldn't have picked him. I shouldn't have picked her. Ain't going to happen. God's looking down at you just as, just as if Jesus was crucified yesterday. There's no time in heaven. We're, we're, we're the only ones in connection with time. Before anything's created, there's no time. After this whole thing, there'll be no time. Eternity is, there's no time in eternity. So, the, so as far as God sees, the crucifixion just happened. And that's the problem with most believers. They don't even get this. They don't grasp this because we're so tied to this world we live in. But the truth of the matter is, it's to God. It's, he said a day is a thousand years, a thousand years. He's just literally telling us, it, this is, you're not seeing through my eyes. You're seeing through yours, and they're limited. And when you limit in your view, God, you limit your life. But it is not God that's limiting. It's not God. Are you guys getting this? Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is an important message. Hebrews 12, 2 says this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Everybody say endured the cross. Despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, we're now in the New Covenant, the New Testament. Hebrews 12.2 is the Old Covenant's been totally gone. Jesus went to the cross, crucified, third day rose again. He's, he's been in heaven for years. Okay? This is a communication to the Hebrews. And he's communicating something very powerful that we all need to pay attention to. And that is, is he's saying to them, and notice it's Hebrews 12. Now, remember, none of this is in original. There's no chapter. There's no verses. There's just this letter written. What happens is chapter, chapters separate because that's how we're trained. We're in the next chapter, so forget this chapter. This is the new chapter. But in the Bible, there is no breakage there's information, there's segments and information, but there's no breaking in the, in, the, in the letter. 11 is talking about faith, the heroes of faith. Remember, it starts out with faith is the substance of things hoped for in 11.1. Now we're in 12, but it's still talking about this understanding of a life of faith. And in that life of faith, the life of belief, the life of this confident expectation that God wants us to live in, that he not only said, it's so important, he said, you, without faith, it is impossible to please me. You got to be in this life of faith. But see, the key to listen to is what is the word telling us? And now in the message goes the faith, faith message, the faith power, the faith overcoming, the faith winning, the faith victory. Now look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. The life of faith. Look to Jesus. We assume that the life of faith means, well, you know, I believe in Jesus. I, I, I accept Jesus. But if I look to him, I'm out of faith. But that is so far from what truth is, 
Because when it comes down to it, and all, all honesty in the word, our faith is his faith. And that's something where people miss it because we literally have the faith of Jesus. Now, are you operating in that belief that most people know because you don't understand where that faith even came from? What do you think? God said, okay, well, let me see. There, let me look in the heavenly cupboard and I've got some used faith sitting here somewhere. No. God dealt to every person the measure of faith, his faith, his faith. When I focus in on this faith position and I look to it in a correct manner, it's the Lord's faith, my faith, his faith. So I'm really tied to his belief which needs to become my belief because it's his faith, my faith, his faith, my faith. See, I'm taking away from the religious view of that this is about our ability, our, our, our. So it says looking unto Jesus, and that, that, that word is um, aforajo, and we're not talking about, yay, aho, Arizona. All right. Aforaho. Aforaho is the word looking. And this is the only time in the whole Bible that this word is used. That, that, and looking is in the Greek, in its other Greek words, but this one word is used for Jesus. And it literally means to, when your eyes are fixed or connected to something that you normally look to, and I'm not talking about this. I'm looking at someone right now. It's what is, what is operating in your life? What do you look to that you live your life toward? It's that vision. It's that picture. And what it's saying is, is you pull aggressively from that view and you attach it to the picture of Jesus. With no turning back toward it, you are completely disconnecting from that Focusing on him. And in the Greek tense, it literally means the continuation of that life. So it's like I'm turning from this and I'm focusing my eyes on Jesus. I'm staying fixed on him. What does that mean? Do I look at, you know, there's a picture of Jesus in a picture and I just stare at him? No, it literally means to pay attention to his life and ways. Pay attention to his word. Pay attention to, to everything concerning his being in the new covenant. What does it say? What does it reveal to us? Pay attention to it. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Is fixing your eyes on his word, his will, his way. I promise you, when you do that, things change. They change. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. No, it is not our faith. The author and finisher of faith. Get rid of our because that, that, that's wrong. It's author and finisher of faith. He is the beginning, the, the, the creator of it, and to the perfection of it. 
Of what? Of his faith. Our faith. The faith we have. That's it. He is the beginning and the perfecter of faith. That's what we have. His beginning and perfecter of faith. It says, the author and finisher of faith, who for the joy set before him, joy, now think about it, joy set before him. Joy is this, this connection that involves what? It involves his sight. It involves his emotion. It involves his will. The joy set before him. So there literally is this place where he's envisioning this picture. Joy is not a person. Well, there might be a person. Anybody named Joy in here? Okay. But joy is not this being. You see what I'm saying? So when I'm engaging in joy, I'm seeing a picture that creates joy. Right? Everybody in here can see a picture that creates anger. A picture that creates fear. Right? Am I telling the truth or not? Right? We can, we can create a picture. We can set before us a picture. We can sit in church and I can start, you know, we can start looking at, you know, just all kinds of crazy things. And it'll, it'll start producing in your life. If you focus in on your fix your eyes on it, you set it before you, you'll feel, experience, whatever it is. So what Jesus did is he put a picture or the will of God, the will of the Father in front of him end result. I need you to start. Listen, I need help. I'm overwhelmed. I'm answering your cry for help. I'm answering it right now. His faith, my faith, his belief, my belief, his stance, my stance, his will, my will, not, not, not my will, his will, my will. What is the joy that Jesus said? He, the, what is the joy? It's the joy of what did my father say? I, I will be seated at the right hand with him. The world will be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him would be saved. That's his picture. You are his picture. And he's got this beautiful picture, which is producing joy. The picture. I need you to start focusing on the picture of the answer. What is the answer for you? See, a lot of times we're, we're, we're not knowing his word. We don't know his will. So we religionize something and it'll fail. But the picture is what you got to get hold of. What is God's covenant? What does his word say belongs to you? Where when you see the word, the Greek word, aiteo, it's saying command and demand it because it belongs to you. Oh, by the way, that's in scripture, but we don't want to talk about terms like that because demanding and commanding is so rough. Yeah, I know, isn't it? It's time for you to learn the Bible though instead of your religious reading. It's time to be taught the truth. Just like in natural life, 
you give me your car keys and I use your car and you come back to get it, you're going, can you please, please, can you please give me my car, please, please? You're going to say, give me my car now. Give me the keys to my car, ahorita, now. And you'll have no shame. Am I being a little rough? Should, I, I don't know if I should act that way. It's your car! No one in here is going to be that way. They're going to go, all right, that's enough. Give me the keys. Or make payments. <laughs> or buy it straight up. But you're going to, this is mine. And nobody in here has a problem with it. If I gave you my keys, I say, here, there's my keys. And I went to him, give my keys. You wouldn't sit there and go, how dare you? Why would you do that? That's the way most Christians pray. And then they want to blame God. They want to blame church. It's, you don't know the word. And I want you to know the word. So we receive it. Let's take hold of this, okay? So what is it? I need to know. What, am I, what, what have I had to believe for? I talk about my kids. I've talked about my health. I've talked about my eardrum being destroyed. I've, talked, I, I, I've got broken bones that were healed. I mean, I've, I've been in other countries. I've seen everything. I have been a part of all kinds of healings. The only healing I have been around of is a dead person coming alive. Now, I've never had a dead person who I had to believe. So I don't know. I don't know. But I've seen arms grow. I've seen club feet grow. I've seen eyes with no pupils. I've seen the pupils grow. I've seen this. I've been a part of this. I've watched this happen. We're literally where people couldn't even move. They were born not able to move. Finally walk. Seen it. Been there, done that. So I know what can take place if you can believe. I know it isn't me. I don't have that power. If I had that power, I'd use it on all of you guys. You'd be good people now. <laughs> don't work that way. I've tried. It doesn't work. That was early on as a pastor. Well, let me just try this faith on to make sure they're all good. No more counseling anymore. You all are good husbands and wives. You're all good. And next week I find out it don't work. Don't work. Choice, amen? Choice. And he says, he put his heart, his mind, his eyes, his whole being is fixed on what? End result. End result. Storm comes. We live in a cursed world. This ain't a clean, nice world. It's nasty. But we live here. We're not of it, but we're in this world. But that's not my kingdom. Now, I have to obey the laws of the land. I have to live this life in the natural because I'm a part of it. But when it comes to who I truly am, spiritual me, spirit me, I'm part of the kingdom of God. And that is the priority of my life. And that kingdom's number one, comes first. So I get the kingdom results. And what is that? Well, when I, when I needed to stand in a position of this needs to be fixed, this needs to be healed, this needs to be stored. I, it's, I, I want a child, I'm married, and I want to have kids. Everything in the natural says, no. The elite specialists at Mayo Clinic say, Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Try walking out on an office after you've had so many different tests and the end result is you can't have kids. Oh, by the way, no matter what 
I would do as far as science. You can't. Interesting. Interesting. I was overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. And it took years for me to build up that area of belief. Emotionally, I, I believed, but my faith was easily pushed aside. But I got to the place where doubt had no ability anymore. Why? Because I put the word of God as the joy in front of me. Started saying, I already have kids. They're mine. I got them. I got them. No kids around? Nothing's around. There ain't no, 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 no one's pregnant. I got him. No one. Pastor Law's not pregnant. <laughs> Eeny, meeny, miny, miny. <laughs> you guys hear what I'm saying? And what happens? Exactly what's supposed to happen. The word of God will prevail. The word of God will prevail. Get the word. You want healing? Very simple. Two times in scripture, it's already said, you have it, you are, and it's done. Isaiah 535, 1 Peter 2.24, it's already done. You have, your health is yours. Now, get it out in front of you. Get that Jesus faith that he's already operating and say, hey, that's my faith, Jesus. That's my faith too. Because he didn't go around going, huh, man, that's a rough one. I don't know if I can. The dude, I mean, Jesus literally was putting his hands on people. We, we got to do six feet from someone with the mask on. Jesus is going to people that had, you know, uh, their, their limbs are falling apart because of leprosy. And he's putting his hands on. Okay, I'll heal you. I'll pray. And touching them. He wasn't concerned. He wasn't worried. He wasn't like, do you have a mask on? And their, you know, ears falling off. No, he, 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 he already knew what the word of God was. He already knew what the word said. He said, not my will, your will be done. Not my will, your will be done. I'm not going to allow my emotions to override your will, Father. Oh, I got emotions. The Bible says Jesus laughed. The Bible said Jesus cried. The Bible said Jesus went and said, I'm over. I feel like I'm almost going to die. Don't tell me I don't have a savior that don't have a clue what's going on in my life. He understands. Not only in this area, but he understands in the area of temptation. Where we battle more than anything else. And he gets it. He understands that power. And that's why when I go through it, when I'm dealing with it, I run to my Jesus because he's like going, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to come to me where I understand? Or are you going to try to figure this out yourself? Because you guys know how good that works. That just don't work out. Amen? We need him. We need to fix our eyes and take off what we've been looking at and focus in on him. How is he doing it? What is he saying? What does word reveal to me? What does he say? Jesus cares. Don't you understand? He cares. Cast all your cares upon me for I care for you. He cares. You know what's so powerful scripture? It's just Paul was on this earth as Saul. Remember him, Saul? What did Saul do in his 
religious duties. What was he doing? Yeah, killing Christians. What was he doing? What was Saul doing? He was after all of them, was he not? With joy. You know the heart of Jesus? Watch this. He comes on the scene. Saul's on, on the road. And Jesus appears in a flash of light and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my church? No. He said, why are you persecuting me? Saul wasn't running after Jesus. Saul wasn't sitting in his bedroom going, I hate you, Jesus, I hate you. He's persecuting us. And Jesus took it personal. You don't think he cares? You don't think he's right here wanting to help you overcome being overwhelmed? Oh my gosh. Experience the love. Experience the love of the Father through Jesus. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah, you are valuable. And yeah, you can argue yourself of why you're such a loser, but the truth of the matter is, is you can't trump God. You can't, you can't override him in his viewpoint. What he knows, what he believes, you can't. You can try to convince yourself. You can sabotage your life by your belief system. But the truth of the matter is, is the truth. Are you guys hearing me? It's the truth. Because that joy was set before him, just because you're going to take that word and place it before you. What, what is it that you're, you can be, it can be more than a sickness or a disease, but that's a lot of things that people deal with. It can be financial. It can be job-related. It can be family-related. Whatever the thing is, is you need to get God's covenant, his word, get that word before you, and watch joy start operating. And what joy does is it doesn't magically disappear everything. It gives you the strength and the ability to get through it and to endure. Endure is not a long-lasting position. Endure is the ability to get through something to the other side. That's all it is. It's a, it's a pressure. The Bible shows us that we are pressed on every side, but not crushed. Now, I don't know about you, but over the years of being a pastor, I've seen most Christians crushed. Why? Because they believe it's supposed to happen. They convince themselves they deserve it. Are you serious? This is how religion robs the most, the most used scripture in planet Earth that even Christians don't use. Talk about Jesus' love for you while you were Rotten, no good person. The world can quote John 3.16. 
And we can sit there after what Jesus did and convince ourselves that God doesn't love you anymore. Are you kidding me? You are bought with his blood. You're connected with him, one with him in his body. And now he doesn't love you. When you were, you were flipping him off before and he's going, God, I love you so much. Do you see how insane that type of thought process is? But that's what the devil is banking his life and ministry on. And that is, is that you stay dumb. That you stay religious. That you stay where you are and don't grow. And I'm just not going to allow it. Love life is going to grow. Love life is going to get information and we'll move it to the next. And we're going to continue this until Jesus comes back. And then when I get to heaven, I'm probably going to go, y'all get over here. You go, yeah, but Jesus, no, we're having church. I'm just kidding. I'll be too busy. Where's Adam? I want to talk to Adam. Where's Jesus seated right now? Right hand of the Father. Where's he seated right now? The joy set before him. What was that joy? He's going to be seated in the heavenly places. Right next to the, right there. He's going to be seated. We know that Jesus accomplished what he did and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. We also know in the scripture, Hebrews chapter 4 teaches everything about the rest of God. So the Hebrews 4 says the promise remains of rest for all those that believe. The rest is the ability to look at a situation that has enemies, but know that it's already yours. That it, it comes from where Israel was delivered out of Egypt. And God said, I'm going to take you to a land that's filled with prosperity and also enemies, but it's yours. It belongs to you. you you're going to have to just push them out, but don't worry about it. As you push, I fight. It, see, that's, that's in a, a connection to my faith is not my faith. It's his faith that's been given to me. My operation is operating his faith. Jesus said this in the Old Testament. The Gospels are Old Testament until he is crucified and rose again. He said this in the Old Testament. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. We, see, we don't, we don't pay attention to things like that because, again, it's, it's, we, we lose sight of why we even have a Bible. But the truth is, is what is the truth? See, we engage in Israel and, and covenant people, we, we, but we lose sight of the whole story of, of what that's about. Because Abram turning into Abraham was not circumcised when he became the family of God. That came later. So the circumcision isn't the picture of purity. It's a picture of a people saying, I believe in God and my action is, here's my child and he's now circumcised. So circumcision didn't happen with Abraham. It took place later. You guys hear this? Jesus in Old Testament is talking to people that have no covenant and saying, great is your faith marveling at their faith. Who was it? A Roman soldier. No covenant. The woman with the issue of blood. She's 
in by the law has no right to do what she's doing. But they both get results. And Jesus is like going, awesome, awesome. So you can't tie it to, you got to have, oh, by the way, might as well throw this one in there. The lineage of Jesus has a prostitute in it that wasn't a Jew and has a Moabite in it that wasn't a Jew. Did you know that? The lineage of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has some nasty family folk. You know, the, the uncle that no one wants to invite to the dinners. They, they, everybody's got those out there. They're like going, are they coming? Because if they ain't, I ain't going. Right? Crazy, crazy relatives. Well, guess what? When you start looking down the lineage of Jesus, there's some messed up folk in there. You hear me? So we pay attention to all this stuff. We start thinking, wow, when it comes down to it, when you look at the Old Testament, it's based upon belief. Completely, 100% belief. When you go to the New Covenant, it's based upon belief. 100% belief. The only thing that benefits us is, is we get the new birth. They didn't. But it doesn't cheapen the power of belief. You guys hear this? We, 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 when, you're, when we're breaking this down, we're trying to find so many weaknesses or negatives. But when you connect to what God's truly saying, Hebrews chapter 11 is all about people that are operating at a level that's unbelievable. The three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're like going, throw us in the fire. We ain't bowing. What is that? They don't have God in them. The Holy Spirit isn't dwelling in them. They're empowered here. They've got this belief that says, we ain't bowing. We are born again, have the greater one living in us. And majority of Christians don't have the faith of those three kids. Something's amiss, isn't it? You know what is the miss? Ignorance of the word of God. Overwhelmed? Huh? No, it's, it's not the way it will be. The story of the picture of Jesus commanding disciples to get on the boat and go to the other side, knowing there's going to be a storm ahead. Gets away, starts praying. The storm is, is crushing that little boat because it says, in the third hour, 3 to 6 a.m. in the morning, the darkest time at night, Jesus decides to start walking on the water toward the other side. They're out there thinking they're going to die. They're, they're in the middle of a storm that is death. And Jesus comes walking around there. And they see him and start crying, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. And, and, and Jesus said, don't, don't fear, it's me. Peter stands up and gets in a position of this radical faith. Radical. He says, if it's you, call me out. If I was the devil out there, 
I would have said, yeah, come on. Anyway. So Jesus says, come. Peter gets out, walking on water. But let's pay attention. Let's pay attention to the story. What really was the water? The problem, right? What, what the storm, the, the waves and, you know, the, the wind's blowing, but the wind's causing this stuff to create this dangerous situation. They're, they're in a place where we're, we're losing hope. And what happens? Peter gets out and starts walking on what? The problem. But who started this thing? Jesus. Jesus came out walking on what? The problem. See, we need to start paying attention to our Jesus. Start paying attention to my faith, his faith. My faith, his faith. His faith, my faith. And what is that? He walks out on our problems. He's out there. Why? Because the scripture makes it crystal clear that he's seated down with the Father in all things above heaven and earth, all names that are named, be it wherever it's at or under his feet. Under his feet. Jesus is seated and all the problems are where? Under his, look at the scripture. Ephesians 1.20, and he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominions and every name that is named. Not only in this age, but that is to come. Any name that's out there. What name are you dealing with? What sickness has a name you're dealing with? What problem you're dealing with financially? What is the names you're dealing with? The names in your home, the names in your family, the, the, the issues you're dealing with. Whatever name that's at that's saying impossible, whatever name that's there, incurable, whatever name's saying you can't have, that is under, according to this word, and he put all things under his feet. But it doesn't stop there. And it says, and he gave him to be head over all things to the church. So what does it really look like? Us are seated right here. What, what do you mean? Let's finish the scripture. We are the body. Of Christ. That's why he said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He was killing Christians. He was persecuting us, him. And he took it personal. Said, enough's enough. You stop. If I'm seated right here, then where's, where's that disease? Where's that poverty at? Where, where, where's that, that thing that's causing this overwhelming feeling? Where, where is it at? Under my feet. Under my feet. I now have a different picture. When things get pressured, when I'm feeling a little like, oh, I don't have answers, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to think about what, what God tells us in Hebrews, and he says, you know, there is a rest 
a promise of rest that remains. And the rest he's talking about is, is on the seventh day, after everything was created, he said, it's finished. And he rested. What does that mean? He took a nap? No. What it means is, is it's finished work, completed. I don't need to do anything else. Everything that's needed from the beginning forever is done. No matter what you're dealing with, no matter what issues you're having in your life, it's already been answered. It's already been taken care of. It's time for you to sit down with Jesus. Recognize where this problem is under your feet and start recognizing it's time for you to start getting that will of God in front of you. Create that joy. See the joy and it'll change your heart. It'll change your life. It'll change your mind. Father, we thank you for the word. Your word is true. Every man's a liar. But your word will never let us down. We trust in that word. And just as you've shown us, your faith, my faith, we are one in Christ. And according to what Ephesians says, we are seated together with him in heavenly places. So, Father, we recognize that. It is to realization that is something we now understand. And that understanding will now be imparted into our life. And we will look in our lives with a different view. No matter when the cares come, the pressures come, we know we can cast them to you and we can keep the picture of joy, your will before us. And we will have what we're believing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.